Jumbo Nation. <laughs> Let's get, wait, wait, wait. It's not time to say that yet. Jumbo Nation. <laughs> what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 320 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune in to Combo's Court. Get that done for me. Would greatly appreciate it. helps the show tremendously. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, punch down on the follow button. And share this episode, man. Share this episode no matter where you're listening to it. Share it on Twitter. Facebook, LinkedIn, share it on your IG stories and tag me at 12combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Today's show, Harrison Wind of the DNVR podcast joins in to talk Denver Nuggets basketball and more. A fantastic conversation with Harrison. Can't wait for you all to hear it. You could find Harrison on Twitter at Harrison Wind. That's H A R R I S O N W I N D. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Harrison Wynn, co-host of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today? I'm doing great, man. Feeling good. Feeling good. That's always great. Okay. Uh, my MVP prediction was Nikola Jokic. How is that prediction looking thus far? It was looking great for the first couple weeks of the season. The Nuggets have hit a little slide, though, uh, because Jokic has been hurt, because they've had a ton of injuries. <laughs> I like the pick. I think he has a chance to win it. Um, It's going to be tough to supplant Steph Curry this season, though. I think the NBA media wants to give it to Steph Curry so badly that if the Warriors are, you know, leading the West at the time of voting, I think he gets it. But Jokic is going to have a case. He'll he'll have a case. Yeah, so my reason for picking him was because one, he won it already, so he could do it. Of course, there's something called voters fatigue, sure. which, which could work against him. Two, I thought his usage would be really high without uh, Jamal Murray there. And yeah, and another thing was he seemed to be in even better shape coming into this season from what we were seeing going into the season. So those are my thoughts, and that's why I had him as the MVP. No, all those are true. And plus, he would also have a, a really good narrative behind him too. Like Jamal Murray's going to miss a lot of the season. Yeah. Now it seems like Michael Porter Jr.'s status oh, going forward is really uncertain. He might miss a huge chunk of time. So Jokic is going to have to do everything by himself. Um, he was already going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting before the Porter injury, but now he might have to do even more. So, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. Can he keep being the guy, keep really doing this almost all by himself for the next three, four months? You know, we'll see. So you mentioned MPJ. What's the latest on that? Well, Michael Malone dropped a bit of a bomb in the post-game press conference a couple nights ago. 
out of nowhere, he just says Michael Porter is in Florida, not with the team. That came out of nowhere. The team didn't say anything about that. We didn't really know about that. But Porter's getting another opinion on his back. It, it sounds like surgery could be a possibility. It sounds like he could miss a lot of time. You know, maybe one scenario is he misses the whole rest of the regular season. So it's disastrous for Denver because coming into this year, the reason I thought Denver could be a title contender with Jamal Murray coming back from an ACL, you don't really know the type of player he's going to be in the playoffs. Michael Porter Jr. making the leap and being that guy was Denver's path. So like I said, being a contender. So if he's not going to be able to make that leap, it I think it really lowers Denver's ceiling. Yeah, it's unfortunate because going into the draft, I mean, the back was an issue. I remember even him yeah. talking about he had a workout and he could hardly make it there. Uh, just getting up off the couch or wherever he was off the bed. But it's really unfortunate that it's the back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. And, I mean, now looking ahead, Denver signed him to a max contract this yeah, summer. right. That max contract doesn't even kick in until next season. He's still on his rookie deal right now. So it's, it's pretty intimidating, like just looking ahead and predicting where he's going to be health-wise in years to come. This could be, if he has surgery, his third back surgery already. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, last season before Jamal Murray got injured um, and Aaron Gordon was actually part of the team, everything looked great. Everything looked awesome. And the defense looks pretty good this year. How much of that is because of Aaron? Have you seen adjustments from Michael Malone? Uh, Is Nikola Jokic being a better anchor for them? What have you seen from the defense that allowed the Nuggets defense to thrive? Aaron Gordon's a massive part of it. The Nuggets got him thinking that he would be the perfect guy to put defensively next to Nikola Jokic and next to Michael Porter. And he really has been. Uh, He's been incredible guarding Luka Doncic guarded Kawhi Leonard and Paul George great last year when the Nuggets faced the Clippers. And Denver thinks, I've I've been told this, Denver thinks that Luka Doncic or that Aaron Gordon is the best Luka Doncic defender in the league. So they got him thinking, we're going to have to match up with a lot of these guys come playoff time. We want Aaron Gordon you know, for that. So I think he's been a big reason why their defenses look good. He's played great defense against Trey Young already this season, yeah. CJ McCollum. Uh, Bogdanovich, so he's been great. Nikola Jokic looks like a much better defender, too. I think it has a lot to do with him being in the best shape of his life. And also, I think he's just caring more about defense. He's not going to be your classic rim protector. He's not going to block shots above the rim, but he's super high IQ. He knows where to be. He gets steals. He gets deflections. He's just smart. He He just knows how to play defense. So I've seen a lot of improvement from him, too. So obviously Jamal's not playing and the defense has improved. I'm not connecting those two pieces. I just want to know from the coaching standpoint, have you seen any adjustments this season when it comes to offense or defense? You know, not much uh, based on what Denver was doing last season. They're doing a lot of the same stuff. Uh, They go from Jamal Murray to Monte Morris at point guard. Those guys are, are both average defenders. I would say Murray might even be a little better of a defender than Monte Morris. He's just a little bigger, exactly stronger. Jamal Murray's a a much better like post defender than people give him credit for. Um, He he can really hold his own down there. He's just strong. He's got a good base. So I really haven't seen that many big time adjustments. I think it's just been some individual improvement. And um, I think you got to give the players a lot of credit. 
Yeah, most definitely. Um, we cover the draft often here, and I've been high on Bones Highland for a long time. You know, I could pull up the receipts for days. My listeners know I like to pull up receipts on things. I was talking about him before I even seen him on second-round draft boards. Um, what took so long for Michael Malone to play this guy, man? What took him so long? <laughs> and, and what have you seen Bones bring to this basketball team? I mean, it didn't take that long. It took like five games or That's so. That's a lot for Bones. <laughs> Bones is a gamer. <laughs> he is absolutely a gamer. He is absolutely a gamer. Um, it took a while because Michael Malone has a lot of respect for his veterans. And he has a lot of respect for people who have helped the Nuggets get to the point where they're at right now. And he had two guys in front of him on the depth chart in like Austin Rivers and Faka Campazzo, two players that Bones Highland is better than, but those are two guys that helped the Nuggets last season and Austin Rivers helped Denver a lot in the playoffs. So I felt like Malone owed it to them to, or I think Malone felt he owed it to them to play those guys and give them a shot. But eventually Bones took that spot and I wasn't surprised. I was really hired him too. Um, I love him, man. Uh, he's got an incredible personality. He's got this, infectious way about him he plays the game with so much passion and after a game he's already the fan favorite in Denver yeah so I think everybody knows he's a dynamic scorer with range has a nice finishing package but what's often not said about him is he plays hard on defense and he could play like a point guard type role when he wants to yeah and we've seen that already. He has such great poise in the pick and roll for a guy that young and and that inexperienced. Like he does stuff in the pick and roll that you know you see veterans do on a nightly basis. And every time it's like, wow, did he just like snake dribble around that guy and change speeds and throw a dribble move and then finish with his inside left hand or something? Like he he does stuff that is super super advanced with the ball in his hands and. I'm really high on him. Um, he can play make. He's obviously got the range. He can pass it. He looks to get others involved. And he's not afraid of the moment. So uh, I, I can't wait to see how his path kind of goes. Yeah, so it's interesting to talk about his path. I mean, I think some had him pegged as like best, best case scenario. And these are great cases. Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, like just sure. to be like one of the best six men you know, in the league, do you see more than that from what you're seeing with his poise? Like, is there potential for even more than that? Which that is like, that's great. I mean, if he becomes one of those guys, that's awesome. But do you see even more than that for him as a possibility or as a ceiling? Yeah, I could see it because I think he's going to be a really good shooter. Uh, those guys are both good shooters, but I think he's going to be a very good shooter very quickly. Yeah. And then, like I talked about, just his feel for the game and, and those guys had it too, which, you know, is why he's been compared to them. But his feel for the game and just his basketball IQ, he's got this, you know, street ball playground feel to him because he grew up playing in Delaware, obviously. But he's also got a, a polish to him that not mm -hmm. all those types of guys usually come into the league with. So I think he can definitely, you know, reach a ceiling, a potential that's higher than those guys. But I like those two comparisons. The, the thing that is already a, a little worrying is just the injuries because he's had three ankle sprains within the last week and he's missing tonight's game uh, in Portland. So that, that's a little worrisome, but I, I think he's definitely got a, a, a starter level potential. 
Yeah, ankles come and go throughout your career. I'm not comparing him to Steph Curry, but we see Steph Curry with the ankle stuff, and he's all right now, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. All right, so I'm from New York. It's always great to see New Yorkers still getting after it. You probably don't know what I'm segueing to here, but how has been the Lance Stevenson experience with the G League? <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. No, I just talked to Lance the other day. I, we actually just put the interview out on the DNVR.com, but Lance has been great. Everything I've heard is just people are raving about him. He is really embracing the opportunity, you know, from what I've been told. And it's kind of stepping into a leadership role with that G League team because he's obviously the oldest guy there, got the most NBA experience. He desperately wants to get back in the league, and he thinks this is his best path forward just to play in front of scouts, play in front of NBA personnel, show guys that he's in shape, show that he's willing to play anywhere, and also just kind of be a mentor and an example for the young guys on that Grand Rapids Gold team. It's funny because the Nuggets had interest in signing him last season in April. What, was that after Jamal's injury or before? It was after Jamal's injury. Yeah, that they ended sense. up they yeah. ended up signing Austin Rivers, but Lance was one of the guys they considered. So they had interest in him then. They liked him a little then. They took him in the G League draft, and just from watching the first couple of G League games that he's played in, guy could play. He looks like an NBA player. So I think we see him in the NBA eventually. Yeah, you know, there's a lot that goes into staying in the league, playing in the league. But to me, Lance is clearly a better basketball player than Austin, in my opinion. Offensively, I'd say definitely. Austin was good defensively in the playoffs last year. That's like what got him on the floor. And I think that really made an impact with the Nuggets. But yeah, I, I think Lance could, could definitely play at this level, at least from what I've seen so far. And also, you don't have to be like a full tight point guard to play with Jokic, right? Because he's taking so much yep. of that responsibilities and two guard you know, two guard type players just fit so well, especially with Jamal. We don't know how he's going to come back. So I think it all makes sense. And this probably is his best chance to get back in the league. Yeah. And look, Denver's already banged up. Their backcourts are already thin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Will Barton's been banged up a little this year. Um, they have guys there who have had a lot of injuries in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if he got an opportunity. What are your thoughts on the Isaiah Stewart, LeBron, situation if you will and what's your reaction to the suspensions to the suspensions that were handed to them <laughs> it seems like to me since Nikola Jokic just gave that shoulder check to Markeith Morris a couple weeks ago or a week ago whenever that was I feel like the league's kind of been on tilt I feel like everybody's temperature has been running a bit hot um there's been a, a couple different altercations I liked it to be honest, um, I liked Isaiah Stewart going back at LeBron. The part I, I was surprised about, um, the suspension for Stewart, only two games. Like, I know they only gave Jokic one game for that, so they've kind of set the precedent, but you can do all that and get a, away with just a two-game suspension. But I, I, I liked Isaiah Stewart going back at LeBron. I liked it. There was a moment that, Isaiah was right next to LeBron and he didn't do much, but my thoughts are that once he saw the blood, that's when he got really angry. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd agree because he is pressed up right close to him and he's not really bleeding. And then he yeah. gets pushed back and then the blood starts gushing out and then he goes at him. Um, yeah, man, it, it was, it, it was something. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Okay. 
um, you're obviously really tapped in to what's going on in Denver. What are the, like, the biggest misconceptions about this current Denver Nuggets team that you see, whether it may be on Twitter, social media, radio, TV? Um, the, the biggest misconception a lot of times around the Nuggets, and it has to do with Nikola Jokic, and we kind of touched on it already, but that he's just a bad defender. He, he's had a stigma attached to him that he's a bad defender really since he got in the league. And he was bad at, at one point. He, he was a very bad defensive center. I just don't think he really cared about defense. He just liked playing offense more. Uh, but over the last couple of years, I think he has really developed into not just an average defender, but an above average defensive center. And he's not going to get above the rim to block shots, but I mean, the guy has incredible hands. He's always towards the top of the league in deflections. Definitely leads the Nuggets every season in deflections. And he just is a really good positional defender, really high IQ. And it, it bothers. It, it bothers opposing centers. I think that's probably the biggest misconception around any one player on the Nuggets. It, it, like, Nicole Jokic is a good defender. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, any roster moves you see for this team moving forward? Uh I mean, I've been high on Denver for a long time, and I think they're, they could be legit title contenders, especially if Jamal comes back healthy. But is there anything that you see that could really solidify them as title contenders in terms of roster moves? The one move that we've already been talking about a lot here in Denver is a need for a backup center. They've been playing Jamichael Green and Jeff Green together on their second unit that's changed a little um, with the Porter injury, Jeff Green's in the starting lineup, but their default look has been Jeff Green and Jamichael Green as their two backup bigs. And that just hasn't worked. Those guys have been terrible together. They've both had pretty rough starts to the season, but especially when they've been on the floor together, they've just been really bad. And it feels like Denver needs a more traditional center. It feels like Denver just needs a roller to pair with, you know, some of its point guards, particularly on that bench unit. So I would keep an eye out to see if they go after a backup center. Now they did that last year and got JaVale McGee and then Michael Malone didn't really play him over the second half of the season. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but backup center seems to be, you know, the top need right now. Harrison, it was great talking Denver Nuggets basketball with you and more. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Harrison Wind, and then you can find all my work, thednvr.com, and, and like you said, Andrew, the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison, you're always welcome back on the show, and talk soon, man. Really appreciate you. Thanks, Andrew. There it is, another episode of Combos Court Podcast. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Thank you to Harrison for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate review and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune in to combos court if you're listening on the apple podcast app leave a five-star rating a friendly comment and punch down on that follow button it would mean the world to me if you share this episode share it on linkedin facebook twitter share it on your ig stories and tag me on instagram at one two combo that's o-n-e T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode three, two, one. Combo out.